Welcome to the episode. Today I will be co-presenting with fellow actor Sam Clement, and our guest today will be the incredible George Mackay. We'll be asking George, how did he get to where he is? The ups, the downs, the surprises, an honest chat about the industry and what the passing months have had in store for him. You may know him from films such as Captain Fantastic and Pride, and more recently his astonishingly performance in Sam Mendes' 1917. George, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat. Really appreciate it. How have you been? I've been good, thank you, man. Yeah, I've been I've been really well. Just t- ticking on all good, ticking on here. <laughs> We're just going to pretend that we didn't have a massive nightmare with the technology starting up and trying to record <laughs> this and everything else. We haven't actually been talking for the last twenty five minutes trying to get this to work. It's all yeah. good. Well, uh, I can I can completely sympathise if that was the case because I am terrible <laughs> with technology, exactly. but we so didn't. So cut around it, it would be lovely. Yeah. So I'm really I'm personally really intrigued by. It your your career i mean from my from my knowing you started very young and i'd love to hear how did that all begin what was the kind of initiation for you well it was it was kind of by chance to be honest um there was a wonderful um casting lady um called shaheen Baig um who came around my school and, and shaheen cast cast loads um and but she she came around my school when i was 10 and she was doing a search I think, you know, for actors, schools, everywhere. It was like a big old search and they were doing this, the, the film Peter Pan. And um, uh, and and so I was kind of with a, a group of boys from my school. We went along to a workshop as, as Lost Boys. And from that workshop, which was just like a lovely, it was like a Saturday or something. Um, we just played a bunch of drama games and we sort of played around. And then from there, there were a few of us who were then... Uh, you know, I'm sure there was a few of us. There was probably loads that you know we kind of got invited to the next stage with to do to do a reading, and I did, basically did a couple of meetings reading for different different lost boys, and then actually for a time they said we're going to look elsewhere because they were filming the film in Australia, uh, and then after a wee while kind of came back and said actually would you like to play Curly one of the lost boys, and so me and my mum and my sister went out to Australia for eight and a half months like to wow. do this film so I was like as a first experience on a film and what kind of film could be it was it was kind of it was amazing because it was so it was just so much fun we were a bunch of sort of 10 to 14 year olds in make-believe you know having like you know being on trampolines and sword fighting and wow. even the like the tutoring they, they looked after us so well it was just so much fun um and that was my first experience and and my parents, I believe it was as, as the job was happening, we had a friend of ours who was an actor and um, they asked if if we might speak to his agent to see if I could kind of have an agent just to help us through the process. Because they was like, we've, ne- we've never done this, you know, before, just the logistics of it. And, um, and Catherine very, very kindly took me on. And after we had such a special experience, kind of said, can we, can we stay on your books? Um, <laughs> and, and she very, very sweetly, it's agreed and and I think as well that was a kind of quite fortuitous happening in some senses because there's no sort of right or wrong sort of ways of doing things but but Catherine I was I was the only child on on her books and so I kind of got put up for less stuff but the stuff that I did was broadly adult projects but some children's television as well and so I sort of was kind of just by proxy of the situation auditions and roles that I may have got were kind of you know the the child within an adult story and it was just sort of in hindsight I think that was quite interesting just being in those adult environments watching adult actors it was a kind of like that was my entrance into it so to speak and then and my, and my parents were always very kind of easygoing about the whole thing as well if you know just just do it do it as long as you enjoy it kind of mm-hmm. thing and and there was and also that thing the other thing that I think was a great uh, chance happening was it there was no pressure for for a long long time and and, and you know as there, as there shouldn't be and you know it can't help but you know you feel you put the pressure on yourself late later on but it was I was just kind of 
would go to an audition if there was one there. If it happened, fantastic. If it didn't, I was at school. And that was that was sort of the way into it. And then, you know, if I did get a job, it was it was usually a sort of a kind of wonderful experience. And you sort of learn by osmosis without thinking too much about it. And I think now, like, I, I'm a bit of an overthinker. And so I think I was really lucky that, you know, to, to the kind of the first experiences of it were so kind of relatively unconscious, so to speak. Do you think, um, I mean, that that is an incredible, that's an incredible way to go into it. And, and you say yeah. about the, the overthinking and, and when we all, we all do that. But yeah, that, I mean, what a way to start. And, and did it, obviously you were still at school, as you said. Mm. Did it affect, I mean, obviously going away for eight months, that's a huge chunk of the year. But like in terms of just in general with the auditions and, and with other jobs, did it affect mm. your school? Did you get taken out a lot or was it, did it kind of fit in quite nicely? To be honest, my, my school were really lovely about it. And and I, I wasn't going enough away enough for it to be a problem. And also that Peter Pan was, I think, still the longest job I've ever done. Really? <laughs> the, first, wow. the first one was the biggest job. And like, uh, and so it was, um, yeah, they were, they were, I mean, sometimes, you know, like the, my next job was three days after that. So it was kind of, it, it didn't, it sort of, there, there was no sort of through line as to the time away. Um, but my, my school were always very lovely and kind of understanding to the idea that, you know, you may miss out on certain lessons, but as long as you try and keep up and do the work to keep up, you're, you're going to get another form of education in just these sort of different experiences. So they were always very giving in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so did, did you did you have a desire to go into it at that point or did the opportunity sort of arise at school and you just sort of went with it and ended up? It was, kind of, it was, a, it. Bit of, it was a bit of both, to be honest. Like, I think right. I, I really loved drama at, at school. Like, I loved sort of make-believe and... And also my parents, um, my mum wasn't working in the theatre when I was after me and was like a few, she stopped uh, just after me and my sister were born um, or maybe just before. I can't, I can't remember exactly, but um, uh, my, my both parents used to work in the theatre. And so I, that was the other thing is it was quite a luxury with the amount of theatre that we got to, we got taken to as, as kids, just because that was sort of my mum and dad's world and, and what they enjoyed. and. What did Again, they? What did they do? If you don't mind me asking, in, in the theatre, what was their? My mum was a, a costume supervisor and designer, and my dad was a stage manager and lighting designer. Awesome. Um, and production manager for a while, and that's yeah. kind of how he sort of went into the work that he's, you know, that he did for the, you know, for the years years since. Mm-hmm. But he, um, but just sort of by proxy of kind of their interest, and again, like that's a, some of the sort of unconscious luxuries of like you know when you get older and you start you know a mixture is like when you get older you start doing the overthinking and then you start paying for yeah. your own tickets as well like I was really <laughs> amazed with some of the stuff that we got we got taken to like my mum used to work in the ballet as well so not often but I remember being a kid and seeing a couple of ballets and just and I think at the time it wasn't like oh what? but there was a sort of I have thought since like actually the kind of things that I, f- I find kind of quite physically extraordinary quite physically quite physically extraordinary performances fascinating mm-hmm. like and I think that's from like memory of seeing like dancers and things like that where you kind of go oh my god that's they've not they've not that's not a trick they've just jumped that high <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and, crazy. And, and that sort of as an idea is kind of interesting and just in terms of like the performances that are exciting I've kind of gone they've actually done that and that's what's amazing mm-hmm. about it is that they've 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 pushed it and uh, like and uh, yeah and I don't know like if it's just sort of sensitivity of to my, my parents interests as well um but uh but sorry in terms of school it didn't I you know it was quite, tried to just sort of was just sort of at school when I was at school really and and was also very lucky to um to kind of with the you know you, you do tutoring on set and I was very lucky that because there was a, a few jobs where I was one of the only children on on set that I had a, a, a dear friend of mine, Russ, who was a tutor from one of the jobs when I was younger, ended up, we kind of went together on jobs. So I kind of that consistency as well as a mate That's nice. was really, That's was really special. Mm. We had a really good kind of working relationship as, as sort of teacher student as much as, mm. much as anything as well, which kind of uh, you know, and there's 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 sort of peaks and troughs to like. Obviously, you're missing out on the social environment of not being in a class 
full of your classmates but when you're one-on-one those hours are more concentrated so you sort of you manage to keep up with certain things because you're just you know because the ratio is different mm. so I thought I'd be, I was I've been so lucky with so many things and, and so many things that just worked out the way that they did and I think uh you know and also my parents as well kind of credit to them to sort of for, for seeing that opportunity of kind of go okay it'd be great if you know like Russ you guys go together and so I also I didn't feel you know going away far like far away when you're a kid as well I had um, my chaperone as well who was a friend of the family who who we met on a job and she was chaperoning another um uh, young actress that was on the job and then for a few jobs again when I was the only kid and I my mum couldn't come away I went with Vicky and so I kind of had like a, almost like a little team of, of of mates that you feel safe with um which well, again I think stops you kind of getting lost in an experience yeah right? for sure that that's that's a nice you got it's, it's the familiarity isn't it and and having you know that team around you was it strange when you made the transition from like being a kid on set to being an adult and suddenly I guess there was a moment where it was like you didn't have that team around you necessarily and you were going onto a job on your own was that was that a strange transition to be honest it was really exciting I remember yeah. I, had a, I had a I had a job um yeah because it was it was really thrilling having had a few you know experiences as the youngest person on set and you know and there's to be honest there's a tiny bit of like you're, there's a tiny bit of I guess self-awareness that you're like I'm the youngest one here so it's kind of like it's a bit of a you know get out of jail free card kind of thing. not to misbehave but just as a sort of safety net of like people are often as as you know as they should be like kind of sweet to you if you're a, if you're a wee kid but then you're sort of like right I'm I'm here on my own terms I'm here on my own clock and I'm here as me like and, and it was a really and to feel adult was actually a really exciting feeling I really enjoyed it and the social side of things as well like you know even you know going out on jobs as well like that was mm-hmm. suddenly you kind of go I'm old enough to be at the pub like you know it's, it sounds it sounds so kiddy when you say it but just the enjoyment of like should we go for a pint on Friday like yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. there's such well, a there's such a huge social element to this job I think regardless yeah. of it being on you know you finish a performance on stage and you go to the pub afterwards or after you rap you go to the pub and you sort of debrief after the day and let it all go behind you it's I feel it's such a huge part of what we do yeah yeah it's completely like the kind of and you and you make friends that that are your own because it's only yeah. you there and and yeah it's sort of I, I to be honest I, I noticed it like a little later on as well where I think because like, you know sometimes you, you're playing younger than you are it's kind of it's it's because I think there's that period of time where it's especially me kind of is, is rather lacking in facial hair like you kind of you sort of you might be in your mid-20s playing a early 20s or a late teens or something like that and they're suddenly being in the last few years I've kind of noticed that thing of going oh I'm I, even then you kind of for a while you might be the youngest person on set and you kind of go no 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 I'm I'm now sort of like, you know, your peer group, you're, you're the same age as the crew. And it's not that you can kind of even at 19 when you're there on your own and you're, you know, you're an adult, a working mm-hmm. adult. But by the same token, you're still the youngest because you're a teenager. You're kind of like, now you're like, no, no, I'm 26. And, you know, the <laughs> yeah, the, the focus pull is 22. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I this that's when you sort of really feel the shift of like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm an adult adult now. I'm mm-hmm. and also being. Be, having been younger and witnessing people who I was like they are men and women men and women <laughs> and they're 21 you know but because I was 15 and looked up to them so much you go, oh wow like they must have actually yeah. been quite young in themselves like I remember being 21 and you suddenly you kind of go oh I thought I'd be so much more sussed out than I am now <laughs> <You know? laughs> but so do people, yeah, do people think that you're because I feel like you are ageless I feel like you've been around forever <laughs> and it feels like it feels like you just have an age like you you I mean you could still play like 20 I reckon yeah I don't I don't know I sort of do people think you're younger than you are I, I in fact I don't even know come on you must be pushing 40 now you've been around I'm, for six, time. I'm, I'm 63 actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I, no I don't know it's sort of it's... you look great George <laughs> oh well thank you it's this yeah <laughs> One of strip, the regime. kind of like one of veg juice drip or something. <laughs> but, yeah. All the cod liver oil. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. It's sort of, but then again, it's, you know, it, it's, 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 it's funny. There's, I, as I get older, I feel like, you know, that it's, it's, it's quite a young assumption to assume that, that adults are completely, you know, settled or, you know, at any point in your life, I think people are kind of reevaluating or, you know, your context changes or, you know, people are also like even in even in jobs when you look at characters and suddenly you're kind of reading characters now kind of going the point of this character is that they are crumbling inside of this you know they're 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 the head of a bank or they're the head of a kind of family or they're a kind of like they're the strongest member of the you know the the crew and whichever context they're at and then but the interesting thing about them is that they're crumbling inside because they were sort of and you start to kind of go what about you know i've felt you know like times like that where you kind of go well I'm the older brother but actually no I don't know so much or you look at the people around you and you kind of the members of society or groups that you know that are in control and you go actually maybe you're not as in control like it's sort of I don't know age is a age is a funny thing like because you also you meet some people um you know in all walks of life but especially kind of in the context of like being on sets or in on jobs and in theatres and stuff some people who are really have a beautiful youthful spirit right up into their old old age and then some people who are very wise when they're very young like it's sort of I, I don't know there's kind of it sounds well it is it is a sort of like bumper sticker thing of age is just a number but I don't know I think it kind of it is in it it is and it isn't it's like yeah I, I not mean, really an answer but especially no it's, no it's interesting because it is like that especially in the film industry I think when you especially I you notice it in American films as well you have people that you're watching you're thinking they're meant to be at high school that guy is definitely 40 <laughs> like um, I, I think the industry it affords that doesn't it it gives you you actors get to play even if it's not totally believable you get to play a range of ages and and as you say like I think as a kid I was more together think like then you know as an adult you're like you look at all these people as you say and you go oh they've got it together they're sussed out actually I think you as you say you overthink it and you become less together as you get older yeah. and then the aim is to actually get that childlike greenness and, and actually yeah. just have fun with it on set and yeah yeah um, strive for that really um, yeah but for you did I mean obviously you said your parents are they're an obvious influence and in having worked in the theatre did you growing up obviously your parents but were there was there anyone else that particularly kind of guided you and you say about your your chaperones as well in terms of work or just yeah in in terms of you know getting to where you are now and and inspiring you at a young age I think um probably my my drama teacher at school Mr senior school um Parker like he it's just his approach was just so open and so fun and he kind of demanded a respect for the material but also an a genuine love of like absurd stuff as well like absurd theater and kind of like yeah quite absurdist tastes I think <laughs> as well uh, but his his kind of respect and reverence for those kind of absurd plays or characters or ways of performing were really inspiring uh, you know because it kind of made you it just made you take it seriously he did like he, he wouldn't laugh at it like he wouldn't not have a sense of humor about it mm. and just also as a man like he's just his his interests were so um kind of eclectic and and he just he just he va- yeah he valued stuff which other people might laugh at and and, and that just very simply i think and it coupled with the experience that he gave us like at school he he, he did an, an abridged version of Romeo and Juliet that was set in a mental hospital for people affected by love where their v- version, where their um, treatment was to um, reenact Romeo and Juliet every day. But, wow. but, and, and, but the whole set was made out of pillows, you know, because it was, or, or the balconies became beds and he kind of, just his tastes in theatre and making, and he's now a That's writer. amazing. He's now a full-time writer, is no longer teaching at the school that I went to, but is then we had such a good time with that and he then took us up to edinburgh you know as a bunch of 14 15 year olds took a took a whole gang of us and had us play at the edinburgh fringe and and like and and flyering he's like right well flyering's gonna um you know there's every everyone in edinburgh is flyering 
so you need to kind of get their attention so he's like well the set's made of pillows and that's what the thing was the conceit of a kind of i guess it's like sort of the padded cells mm. uh, you know then became the pillows became the swords that they would fight with and we'd have pillow fights so we'd go out in costume and start pillow fights in the street you know as as a means to <laughs> try yeah. and get people to come see our show and the first night we had a full house and then i think we also played to an audience of three and like just as in an experience of that of like mm. all right this is what it is it's like this is what like the fringe is all about is playing to an audience of three people but still doing that show and like yeah and just that thing of then also feeling that that mixture of feeling like kind of young adults because you're 15 years old and, you know i'm in edinburgh like you know like sort of, <laughs> and going to see shows as well and being encouraged to see shows and but then also by the same token being he would encourage the respect for the material that you're there when you're called and you know you're you're uh, he just sort of had a very well-rounded um a kind of approach to it and appreciation for everything so i think parker would be was it was, that, was, it was and is a huge influence that um, you still in touch with it's amazing yeah yeah i am oh that's yeah. brilliant love that so, yeah he sounds like he so you say he's he's writing now yeah yeah amazing yeah because i mean that does that's a pretty for a school for a school yeah. to put on a play that kind of absurd like that to think that far out of the box that's that's amazing for a school to take you yeah. to the Edinburgh Fringe. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, we never have got the opportunity. We were so, so, so lucky, so, so lucky. But he's just, um, yeah, he's a, spe he's a special man, Parker. <laughs> he's a special man. So I'd say, I'd say Parker, and um, yeah, yeah. It's what you always hope for, isn't it? Having uh, there was always a teacher at my school. There was one guy that, whenever you did a play. You didn't care what anyone else thought about it. You waited yeah. for him to come over and go, that was great. <laughs> yeah. You just respected him. And there was there was a teacher like that for me as well. And it's someone that takes you seriously at an age where they didn't necessarily have to when you were doing these plays, but he would give you a full review like he was the Radio Times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, you know, it means a lot, especially at that age. But I, th I think that's the thing. It's a, it's a kind of it's unconscious but it's respecting you know that we were 14 and he treated us absolutely yeah. as equals you mm, know absolutely and and he didn't he didn't say i'm treating you as equals he just did and it mm -hmm. kind of gives it and it makes you respect yourself and what you're doing all the more because like you know because because he took it seriously um and you that, want to impress him as well yeah 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 yeah. you want to just do right by the play and you know just have fun and yeah, so yeah, I think right. I think someone having that because I had a, a similar um, a tutor, a teacher in my life, and just being so inspired by the integrity that she had as mm. a person as well as an artist, and mm. and how important that is to sort of I don't know um, keep you grounded, whether you're walking to the shops or whether you're stepping on stage to tell a story. You know, it's and it's I was so inspired by that sort of discipline and honoring whatever the task is in front of you and mm. um, making sure you do said task justice within your within your own realm I think that's a really inspiring quality to have so yeah yeah absolutely I mean we, we've sort of obviously touched on the early days but I remember thinking the first I, I I mean I loved Peter Pan Peter Pan genuinely and I'm not just saying this <laughs> it was I thought it was the best version like the live action version that they've done I just loved that film, especially as a kid. Like I've always loved Peter Pan, and that was um, I, I worked with Rachel as well, and, yeah, yeah. and I was I was fangirling when I met her as well. I was like, oh, I just I love that. <laughs> I genuinely love that film. I'm not just saying that, <laughs> um, <laughs> but what a way to start. And and I mean, I remember thinking that whole cast because I was like looking into it, like where are these kids from? Like who are they? And and um, seeing that a lot of the people on that film were British. Mm. Um, was inspiring for me at the time I mean I'm a little bit older than you but like I was kind of on the cusp of starting my journey as an actor and that is an inspiring thing and I I did for some reason it just by chance I kind of kept note on all the people that were in that film because I was interested mm. to see where they would go and what they would do and I remember thinking the first film that I saw you in that I was like ah oh, I recognize that guy he was in Peter Pan was Private Peaceful yeah um a, a great film jack o'connell as well who i think is brilliant too mm, mm. but that i mean getting to work with was it was it richard griffiths was yeah, it? yeah 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 griffiths and 
that's a wonderful little like kind of I guess fairly low budget film but that part that's an incredible role those two those two roles how how was the filming for that was that I mean I'm probably completely wrong here but was that one of your first kind of roles as a that was like an adult role and it was a lead and um how how was that as an experience that was that was really really important in terms of like yeah it was one of the first jobs as an adult it was the first one of as, as one of the leads as well and it was also a part that I felt very close to in myself as well of course like certain surface level differences like accent and you know historical context and geographical context but as a person <laughs> yeah apart from that but like but as a person I felt akin to a lot of what Tomo felt and thought and I remember feeling that going to the audition and thinking that's a rare feeling when because that's some of the joys that you get to try things on that don't usually you know characters that are different to you but I remember thinking I know this I know this fella and and Pat the director was so lovely about just like it was always like just you know what you're doing you know (laughs) and just kind of just do your thing and like was really calm and but that feeling of very simply being on set much more like you know that thing of being there most days that there was a chunk of time where obviously the story split between you know the, the the characters when they're younger and when they're older and so there was a good bit of time that we weren't there but being there with Jack who is such a fantastic actor and someone that I do and at, at, a, at the time as well you know really looked up to um and do now but like as a sort of when you felt like you were with your peer and like mm-hmm. Jack had done a lot of work that that I knew and like exciting work and brilliant work and so to kind of to be working with Jack to feel a sort of ownership over what you're doing because you're there every day and to kind of feel a more tangible essential like because everyone for whether you're on it for like a, a single scene or the whole thing or any sort of member of the crew or cast everyone is essential but I, I think I it was a more tangible sense of being part of something being there more often and that feeling and the kind of like whatever that sort of was 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 really profound and I really I kind of wanted to to sort of to be a part of that feeling more um and and again and it but I was very lucky that I kind of had that feeling on someone where I kind of like I I feel like most situations I'd react the same way you know (laughs) so you sort of and that was that was really interesting as as an acting experience as well to kind of feel like you know the character um and and I guess some of the time that's when like you hear that's now has made me want to sort of work harder at trying to get to know them more now so to almost get that feeling of what it was like to play Tomo because I kind of was like yeah no I've had that experience yeah 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 cool cool like even if it happened 100 years later and in a different part of England I feel like I've had that same sort of happening in some in some of the happenings um so yeah so that was really important and, and that that project really meant a lot to me was that a, I mean, everyone has little kind of triumphs, little milestones and game-changing moments in their career. Was that one of them then? What, would you reckon that was a kind of a moment where you're like, this is, you know, kind of a reaffirming of, of you know, I want to do this. This is great. And this was a really good film to do. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I think I think that it was just, it was a kind of personal, but in a personal sense. But then again, just in terms of like talking about sort of things like, I don't know like I'm I'm wary of sort of like the, I know what you mean by sort of things like my like milestones but that's yeah. kind of they're only kind of personal acknowledgements because I think mm-hmm. so much of you know the other stuff is kind of that's someone else's perspective on the on the situation which is out of your control but that's for, a yeah. really good point to bring up because I think a lot of actors are terrible at that and the fact you're acknowledging that um is yeah I mean it is difficult isn't it because you do sometimes you you wander off and you think about you compare yourself to other people or you can think about what people think of you because of the things you've been in and the fact you've said that every job is an experience Mm. no matter if the film does well no one sees it or it does great and it's sometimes it's hard you I look at jobs and I think I had a great time on that job but no one saw it or you kind of I I know I go a little bit mad thinking about these things but that's yeah that's a very good strong point of point to look at it from 
I think. Yeah, I think, I think, I don't know. I think it's that like that ultimately the experience is only ever really going to be yours and the people that you shared it with. And, and you might do it for the census, you know, telling the story that hopefully other people will share in, but they'll share in something different. They'll share in the final product, which of course your thing is to sort of, is, to, is, is, is about the making of that. I don't, I don't want to say product, but the making of that piece. Mm-hmm. And that's the only bit that you'll truly know, you know, and, and, and no one else will know that, that bit. So as long as that bit means a lot to you and it's done for, your own you know right reasons then then that's grand and then it's sort of but of course it's a wonderful thing if then that sort of that feeling is then shared by the reception of the piece but 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 again that's out of your control the only thing that you know there's any sort of control over is is kind of why why you do it in the first place i guess mm-hmm. you know and 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 the happening that it is as well and the, and the sort of the present time on the set well, do you, once you've done a job is it kind of like that's done now my part is done kind of leave it where it is great experience and then kind of move forward I, I try to I mean I think of course there's as I get older there's an element of understanding also the sort of the part of the job that is supporting the film uh, like you know afterwards mm. and, and that there is a sort of there is work to be done but but that's that's such a different I think I also I'm just wary of kind of like I think that's something that just kind of I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sort of enter into like you know that bit happens after making the job mm-hmm. in the first place so if you've got an eye on that before you've started then you're already looking kind of you've leapfrogged it you've leapfrogged mm-hmm. the experience mm-hmm. itself and and so I think that's something that is to be acknowledged and is to be sort of aware of but not until that step comes kind of thing you know like just it's it's at first it's the audition then it's the then it's the project itself and the or the prep for it then it's the filming and then and then you sort of it will be put in front of you what's required in terms of supporting the story and that of course is vital but that's that that's secondary to all those other things just because literally in in sense of time it is you know all that other stuff literally comes before i guess you know when people see a film they see the finished thing and it's like Oh, it seems all, you know, it's there, it's finished, it's done. Yeah. And there's so many steps to it and so many people involved and the crew, the cast, the production, everything else. It's it's amazing how much goes into a film and and you know, especially some of the films you've done, um, the bigger budget ones as well. It's like it's an army of people that have yeah. made these films and and you know, sometimes when you see the credit list, it just <laughs> keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And when it comes to I know, presume obviously you're you're in a really great place in your career right now. I presume you still audition for things, and it's still you know it's still a grind, still you know trying to persuade people that you're right for the role. What is what is the for you like if you're lucky enough to get a role? What is the deciding factor to doing a job? Is it you know the, obviously the part, the people that you're working with? Um, what are the key elements that make you excited about doing the project? I think it's some um, as you as you like as you say still kind of still still sort of fighting for each for each each job um, each project. But I think the things when it's a mixture of a kind of uh, like personal and bigger picture in terms of like obviously every member of the crew and cast is a sort of cog in the big machine of the story. And so just personally, whether you feel that this is a story that needs to be told and like and mm-hmm. that's kind of fundamental and then it's sort of if the story is then it's kind of like okay where do I fit into the telling and how can I best serve the telling that's so it's the story first and foremost and then on a personal level it's probably an experience thing as well of like what what do I get to experience in in and learn in making this like and that, and that might be the the form that it takes be it you know like a a theatre piece or something. I, I I feel like you you kind of I think you kind of have things that you want to learn, um, and you sort of some I, I don't know you kind of know them and when you recognise them, but like it might be a way of working. So like a director might I had one job where I was sort of a bit obsessed with kind of the idea of people who kind of become the role and things like that. And then when so then when you have 
one particular job where the story makes sense to you, but then the director's going, look, I really want you to go in on this. I really want you to disappear into this for three months and do all of this. And you kind of go, okay, that's what I want to do. More like on a personal level, I just want to experience what that feels like. And then other times you have projects where if you've done that and things in your life are taking different shapes, you kind of go, I want to learn how to be able to balance a bit more. So this project is going to be filmed all out of order and I'm going to have... That, so you sort of welcome whatever the the project is going to teach you and I think and I but I think you're drawn towards certain experiences you kind of think all right this is what this is going to require and I want to I want to learn a new skill or I want to you know try something I've not done before but I, but I think the, the the biggest thing is is the story you know and what what this what the story's saying what's what it's about and what it might be offering up so when you you mentioned about the 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 varying processes there do you because a lot of actors have a particular process is where it's some might always dive in and live in it for the six week shoot or the four month run or you know whatever it is you don't have a particular process it's a question of how you collaborate with the people you're working with and and you're open to whatever that is i think it's a bit of both like i'm, I'm there's kind of i'm i'm figuring out there's just things which automatically i think i i like to do for myself which sort of yeah it's become the my personal way of doing things um but then that sort of shifts and changes a wee bit depending on the project and I think it's kind of trying to you know I'm learning as well to try and welcome what the the learnings of that that project is as well in terms of because sometimes you kind of have something that you feel works for something in terms of a way of approaching a role and then it's not applicable to the next role or it's not healthy for the next for the next role um and then and then by the same token you might have an so then you learn another way of working and then you kind of go right okay that that was good actually so now I'm going to do this one and then you go no actually I need to go back to that other thing so it's sort of I think if you kind of have the a few things which a few things which I I just do for my for myself which I know work for me in terms of just not like working like I know this works for the performance but I know this works for my sort of sense of self i know that this is a way that i can kind of feel attached to this but then otherwise also welcome what your director or the context is asking you to to do and and the part as well you know there might be and i very simply like when i've not done it for years now so i'd love to do another one but i've not done a i had a play my character sort of talked a lot when he first came on and so it was just like a whole new learning of vocally being ready 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 and then it kind of that taught me things which then I took on as to like okay why shouldn't I be this ready when I'm onto a film set like why I'm still talking I'm not talking as much to as big a room but it's still I could do at least some of this and then you play a role that doesn't speak <laughs> then you sort yeah. of go okay so but how can I use that sort of commitment to a sort of getting ready to this guy who doesn't speak but maybe he moves in a certain way so I'll still you kind of almost like I don't know maybe, maybe it's sort of like not like not purely in sense of time but if you kind of go right well I did vocal warm-ups for 45 minutes but now this guy doesn't speak but he moves in a different way so now I'm going to stretch for 45 minutes and just sort of it's still you're still doing that same through line of like I know that I need to give myself 45 minutes to get ready but the way in which I get ready changes with each role if you know what I mean absolutely and that in a very simple sense totally yeah definitely I mean yeah as well it depends on the you know if you've got I had played a part where I was meant to be this guy that hadn't spoken for ages and he was kind of like worn out, homeless and mm. like completely ragged. And I would try and obviously go through my lines before I was going to do it, but without speaking them. So that mm. it would mm. almost like my voice would crack when yeah. I do the, and it is like, everything is slightly different, isn't it? There's, there's so many different ways to sort of mentally get yourself prepared. But then I, I felt with that part a little bit, once I did speak, I was surprised by like, what was coming out and then almost can throw you off so it's you know yeah. it's a learning process isn't it um I, I yeah I mean that's nice that you because some people have like such a regime and I like the fact that you're saying that you're open and you kind of depends on the job and you kind of go with what the team are saying and what other other people are doing and kind of open to trying new things each time and then you know learning something and then bringing that onto the next job that's that's interesting but I mean, we've talked a lot about you obviously working and everything else, but 
what do you do is that have you got things when you're not working um the downtime uh are there, are there kind of coping mechanisms that you have or things that you do like hobbies um to keep yourself sane in between <laughs> in between jobs or like an yeah, like, pandemic just to keep you sane maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm kind of referencing maybe these things what, pop up i think what i think also one thing to sort of say is that there's sort of for anyone also for anyone kind of working in this there's so much of like so much of the there's so much work in between to try and get work you know oh, like yeah. to, to, to stay practice to stay auditioning and and of course people see the jobs that come off but there are a whole lot of auditions and tapes which 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 don't happen but are vital practice so that is a huge amount of the downtime and I think sometimes you know if if you're lucky enough to get the opportunity to audition even if the roles don't come off the you know the the audition process is is something in itself it's like is a reason to get out of bed and that's 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 kind of one thing that I'm sort of really noticed I mean you've kind of I don't know about you but I feel so sort of it's oftentimes you feel so well when you're working you're like I've got so much energy I'm doing all this stuff and it's because someone's got like it's you've got a place to be at a certain time yeah it's really and it's kind of like I don't know if this is the job or if this is just the fact that I've got somewhere to be at a certain time it's making me feel so worthwhile you know like and so I I I write lots of anal lists when I when I when I'm not working to give myself that sense of purpose um so I don't know it's a mixed bag just trying to trying to keep in touch with you know with loved ones and family and friends and uh I like to cook not not uh, great, but you know, it's just you're being that's what I've been doing. Being is, cooking <laughs> yeah. has grounded me throughout all of this pandemic. That's what I started cooking. Learning cooking to get and, better at what's your dish, George? What's my dish? Oh, like really simple. But I, I love a I love a roast. But that's the thing is you just chop oh, it up and put it in. Yeah. So, but a roast is really hard. There's like every element is different. You've got to get it all oh, to come together at the same no, time. Not my roast. I mean, that probably speaks volumes about how bad my roasts are. But I just <laughs> chop it up and we'll put it in for an hour and a half and then it's ready. <laughs> Lots of salt. That's how it, that's how it does. All about that. Roast, that. All about that. We've been living off roasts every Sunday. We've just because it's kind of like a regime, as you say, you're like, right, let's do a roast this Sunday. It kind of gives you a little bit of structure. So we've been living off and every every roast we do, we we get a different type of meat. So we've yeah, just right. been trying different things. <laughs> nice, um, nice. It definitely helps with being keeping keeping sane for sure. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Just like but, just chopping stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, obviously, I mean, you do your. I, I don't know how to pronounce this because I'm an idiot and I'm dyslexic. Um, but oofle dust. Oofle. Oh yeah. Yeah. How yeah, do you pronounce dust. it? Oofle dust. Oofle dust. Okay. Yeah. What does that mean? I'm just wondering. Does it mean anything? Oh no, it doesn't mean anything. Oh, okay, it's, good. It's good. a thing from my from my granddad. It's a it's a made up thing. Oh, it's fair just, enough. It's a made up dust. <laughs> it makes things better. Oh, so, amazing. You know. Um, I mean, obviously, that's something that you do. Um, I mean, I don't even know how you fit all of that in. Um, and as you know, we were obviously talking before we started recording about the, you know, the the dilemma of having so many people now on Zoom and trying to do it online and everything else. That I mean, that's a great little side thing to do and keep yourself busy with. And yeah, yeah, that's I mean, that's one thing. Yeah, these these, these new writing nights, they're just and it just kind of came about. It's just a lovely, lovely thing to do. It's, you mm -hmm. know, that um, was just kind of yeah, it's just, it's like a platform for people who've got got work that they're that they're sitting on or they're working on, and and it's uh, yeah, it's just a kind of a shared space because it's it's amazing how much stuff people are that you wouldn't know people are sit, sitting on you know that, that and that's the thing because everyone only sees the, the end product after something's published or something's edited or something's but there's there's so much of the process that goes before and there's so much of the process that can benefit from trying stuff out like it's like a rehearsal or a reading that informs it or a deadline again, again it's the same thing and, and yeah so they just sort of there were nights that started in pubs and and i run in with my mate freya and we just kind of like yeah they just it's a chance for people to share work basically and it's always it's always wonderful the stuff that people come up with mm -hmm. oh it's always so interesting as well because it's all so different yeah you know it's not just one thing it's you know poetry singing performances yeah no i i really the, the last one was like a real welcome like ah i get to see ah. new faces and enjoy watching performance and i uh, just yeah it was really nice to just see that it just oh. it feels like so long and to be fair that i think the 
the last I, I might I may be wrong, but the last Oofle Dust that I went to in London, which is the one in Waterloo. Yeah. Was that the last live one? I think or so, it... yeah. Yeah. Because that yeah, was literally was... the last time I went out. And like <laughs> I think it was the same for me as well. Um, yeah. so was... you know, it was such a welcome the other week when you had it back on, and even though it was on Zoom, it was just such a welcome you know relax just watch it and it was just nice oh there are other people existing in the world yeah, right yeah, yeah, i feel yeah, like yeah. i haven't seen faces so. with ideas um, and oh well thank yeah, you that's really exactly. kind yeah it was just, yeah it's a lovely thing to do so we'll just keep we'll just keep doing it how did that how did that come about was that a joint was, idea it was, with it was it was it was like a, a night in a in actually it was it was years ago like it was a night in a pub uh, with with some friends and uh, and they were talking to be honest it was like the very first thing was it was years and years and years ago and it was when the Scottish referendum was was um was going on and you know in the run-up to it mm-hmm. and I was you know at a pub with some friends and they were a lot of them were Scots and they were talking about um they were talking about the referendum and they were speaking so articulately and passionately on the subject I kind of thought like wow I just, I just want to have nights of discussion in you know in in pubs and it sort of felt like that sounded like a bit of a pretentious idea, but I, I sort of made a promise thereafter with a friend to like just put on a night in a pub where people shared work. Because also simultaneously, I had lots of friends who were writing things, which, but kind of thought, oh, I don't know when it's going to get on, or I don't know when to finish it, and just sort of had unfinished stuff to to share, and kind of thought, right, well, if we do this night and offer everyone kind of whoever wants to do it, is that going? It's basically like a kind of slightly curated open mic night. And and the first one we did in a pub in Kentish Town and years ago and and it was just really lovely. Like people came down and the people watching were so supportive and giving and the sort of that that it was yeah it was just really lovely. So we just kind of from then on made a point of going right. Well let's let's do this let's let's do this more and just whenever people are free and you know kind of not working and there's there's room to do it we you know we we do it um and, so and that's it it's kind of really it's really sort of simple and re- relaxed really and it's just it it's made by the the support that people give it in terms of literally in the room you know the support the supportive nature of those watching and and also the quality of the work that people are you know presenting um so, which is which is, which isn't down to us that's just that's just proxy of how yeah, you're taking all the credit for this, but for me, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no. To be fair, one of the, I remember one of the nights you went up and performed with other people as well, so you do get involved, and it's just yeah, it's just a great thing, and it is inspiring because you know a lot of us, you know, if you're writing something or working on something, you just think this might never see the light of day. Yeah. It's nice you give people the opportunity to do yeah. that. Um, I say that I still haven't had the balls to go out and actually well you, sh- you should the- <laughs> from, from no one let's put like let's um, point. Let's, you'll, you'll be yeah, at the yeah no, you maybe. said it now Elliot. I know, I know but um I wanted to ask not regardless of the um regardless of the part uh, regardless sorry of the project is there a part that has stood out for you in terms of just the character and being able to play that part genuinely they like every project and every character kind of means means a huge amount but I think Probably, probably um, Ned in in the true history of the Kelly Gang. Like to play, I mean, it's 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 probably far off the truth of. It's in very much an interpretation of Ned Kelly, who was a real person, um, and there have been many, well, a few versions of his his story told. Um, but I think because of the process, that was one of the most in depth processes, um, which became and was very personal to me but then as well in certain in certain ways kind of I guess not not extreme but like it was it was pretty full-on as an experience and very varied um and attached to in a kind of like yeah there was sort of there were sort of connections of of like of, of even my you know going back to my dad's from Australia and you know sort of connecting back to Australia and it's all like the 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 character it's all about lineage and fatherhood and you know and sort of what it is to be a man and sort of you know like it's kind of it's riffing on all of that because he's it because of the legend that is Ned Kelly and also the idea of kind of creating a, a legend and sort of why legends are created it was all there was all these massive big ideas which I find fascinating, but then the sort of immediate 
nature of it was it this really kind of physical quite full-on um like yeah kind of like rough tough kind of experience which was just as 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 to, to partake in which was which was really amazing and um, and again it was sort of a bit like the way i talked about mr parker like justin the director his respect for you know for 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 story you know and and like how to make a story you know you could without being pretentious he just like really kind of like he really believed in it and and he made you believe in it and who took it and that sort of like alex ferguson kind of like intensity about it like yeah i mean justin's australian i don't know i don't know how to describe it it's just that that is one that really really there were a lot of moments in that which were kind of personally profound and 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 just really intense and enjoyable and full-on and so that's that's one that will kind of stick stick with me i think particularly for, I mean that that film you were so it was such a transformative performance yeah. I watched it and I remember thinking <laughs> like normally normally I can watch a film and go yeah I'd have done that better but I watched that and went yeah fair play mate that was nah, well, that's incredible. just challenging you with the MMA fight <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you were all about it oh man I mean you were in some decent nick in that film to be fair to yourself like that was <laughs> It was a uh, no incredible, very visceral, gritty, like not the sort of character like I would expect to see you play, and that that's what made it so good. It was just you know so different, and I mean hats off to you for going into that audition room and and convincing that you could you could do that, and that that's a, that's that's the that's the trick, isn't it? Being able to be like, no, I can. You may have seen me do this, but I can do this. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, that's what was really. Well. I feel very you know very grateful for justin for taking a chance and mm-hmm. um yeah it was a great it was like it was a fascinating audition it was like the kind of most full-on audition i've ever had as well like it was like an hour of kind of just like this kind of crazy <laughs> wow. improv and you know like everyone it was just uh, it, was, it was it was intense and like the whole you know uh, yeah just justin's but just again justin's way of like doing something completely out of the box to kind of get to the heart of the matter is is really brilliant i think you know like our rehearsals we didn't really do that much on the script but we formed a punk band and he booked us a gig in a bar in melbourne and so for three weeks we went in got changed into dresses and rehearsed punk music wow and that sort of kind of that gave us more of the vibe than touching the script that's amazing <laughs> you know, like, what an amazing yeah. that's like, such a off the wall thing it was just you know and so we did like we we do rituals with our dresses we'd sort of like physically kind of get close to fighting with this kind of the, i remember the first day that we met um ben who played um red kelly ned's father and ben's an incredible musician but he's has i don't think he'd ever acted before and he's got this incredible stage presence he's in this um amazing queensland punk band called six foot hick um and it's this really visceral kind of androgynous but also like super tough kind of dance and kind of self-flagellating dance and and the first day that we met ben he was like boys will you play a song for ben play your loudest song so we just started playing this song and and he said ben would you dance for the boys and we're like yeah okay so ben just stripped off his shirt and just started dancing for us in the way that only he can and and we're all and then he was like right George take your top off go dance with him so then I was just like dancing with my father sort of like skin to skin with like all the other boys (laughs) and it was just like so but at the end of that dance he was like okay that's the vibe yeah that's the that's the and it was sort of like okay right I felt what the energy of these people is and are but you know but it's it's kind of not what's on the page, but that's how we had to sort of attack the page, if you know what I meant. It, like, it's sort of, yeah, that's just, that's all Justin, you know, that's Justin. And he'd just give you like different contexts for scenes as well, that was really, he'd give you a subtext that was completely outside, that was sort of completely, seemingly completely outside of the scene, but would give it a quality that was completely at the heart of, like I remember the audition and he was like, there was the first scene I did was between me and my mum, and it's sort of a bit like, where have you been? Kind of thing. You've not been home. Sort of she's, I guess, in any way, testing him a little bit. And he's going, oh, well, I'm doing off doing my own thing. And 
Um, and so I started playing it and sort of quite down the line. And, and he went, okay, no, 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 no. Um, and he got me to the lady I was reading opposite to um, to just look, look at her first, just really kind of like take space away from the text. And he said, okay, now play it like you guys are on a first date. Like you're not mother and son. You're just, you're just kind of that thing of like, you don't, you're kind of, are we, are we joking here? Like, is it, what's the, I can't gauge this sort of energy. Well, is this, are you take, making fun or is this a little bit that, you know, this sort of flirtatious kind of energy. And we just played it as that, not as mother and son, but just with Justin's understanding that as soon as I called her Ma at the end of the scene, it kind of cemented us in this capsule of the context, but with, with an energy that was completely other than what you'd expect the mother and son to have. That's just Justin, you know, Justin's cleverness as a, and brilliance as a director to kind of let you trust that you can be completely outside the box mm. and that the and that if he frames it not literally in a sort of well sometimes literally but if you kind of frame it with the names and the places of a certain thing mm. you can be playing something completely other than what's inside of the conversation that you're having which is just it was really interesting to kind of learn and it feels like you know that's that's true of situations in in life and you know how people you know what's underneath stuff you know what a fun way to go about it as well and that must have been a great experience i mean back in i guess you were in australia again for that one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah back in australia and you know that was just justin and and, and essie his his wife who played um essie davis who's amazing who, who um played ellen kelly my mum. um they just really opened themselves up up as well and you know i stayed with them for a wee while beforehand and um yeah there was all this we did all this prep and then basically the money fell through so we, we kind of came home and then and he said oh no no actually it like we will try and get it we'll get it back up in six yeah, months yeah, time yeah. so it's sort of again again you sort of have the final process the final piece is what it is kind of because of all those happenings which are out of your hands that actually the the whole process got extended by six months because none of us really let go of it although we sort of so everyone got that little bit stronger because we were doing that you know we were mm-hmm. we were we stuck to the plan for that six months and that again people just see the end result but there are all these ups and downs in them which kind of made it what it was and you know and the fact that we came back and it was a the budgeted was the budget was half of what it was it made it kind of all the more punky because suddenly we couldn't have a a town square it had mm-hmm. to be three men in the woods with one horse <laughs> like you know <laughs> rather than like you know in a big saloon town with a big gravel street it was and it changed the energy of the film to be what it was but you know so it's yeah i don't know you touched on earlier about the you know taking on roles and the physicality i remember you mentioning i think it was at the night in waterloo on U- Uval dust um about a film you were you, you were doing i don't know if you ended up doing it or finishing it because mm. obviously because of corona and everything else but you were you were really excited about the physicality of it i, I believe it was it was wolf yeah was yeah wolf. um yeah. did did you end up getting to finish yeah we, it yeah, we, oh, you we did. yeah we, amazing we made it which was was grand so i'm not sure i i know that um natalie the director is um they're just in post-production now so i'm not sure kind of what the plan is in terms of you know how it is re- released and everything but mm. and that was, that was such a special project and again we it was amazing getting to work with this amazing where well, he's kind of does everything he's a movement coach um actor in his own right mm. like he's he's everything he's called terry notary and have you seen that film the square you know about this is i think it's, it's a man who did force majeure i think it's swedish um and it's about the art world and there's there's this amazing scene where this fella comes in and he's a kind of performance artist and he's and he comes in as an ape and he walks as on these sort of arm extenders, but he won't stop being an ape at this dinner, this kind of like, and, and it just escalates and it becomes really dangerous because he doesn't stop being in, like, and, and, that, and that's Terry, that, that man. Oh, is that's, oh yeah, and, I haven't oh, seen wow. the film, but I've seen that clip and it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's just like, what? what the, I yeah. wonder if the people in that room were aware that was going to happen because genuinely they looked terrified. They did. They looked, <laughs> they looked terrified. Like was, but, but, but Terry was sort of, yeah, we had this amazing process and he was so wonderful. Of Yeah, it's about this, this, this I play this, uh, this man who feels that he is a wolf. Um, and, and so there's elements of movement in the film that we had to figure out without kind of giving too much away that sort of, you know, where he 
because he is a wolf <laughs> and but he is also in his in the body that he is so it's kind of um that was that was just a real joy working with with terry on that um and and again figuring out I know, it's like without sort of getting too pretentious again like kind of what it is to be wild you know that's the, okay well, is, it, is it just how do we not make it look like someone who's doing an impression of being wild like what is it to think like an animal if you have of course we can't actually it was sort of it was just like any character you're going to go okay what's it like to think like this person but now we're thinking about what's it like to think like this wolf <laughs> like, yeah. yeah you know so it was um was that a long process in the, or, or did it get shortened because of the pandemic? Again, it was, we were sort of actually really aided by, we, we'd done one week's rehearsal and then we had scheduled to take two weeks off and then do three weeks with all the cast rehearsing together. But we had sort of one week of Terry and Natalie, the director, um, Terry, Natalie and I uh, sort of figuring out this, my, my, you know, my character um, together. And then in that two weeks, the, the lockdown happened first lockdown sorry and so we uh the, the film was delayed until the summertime but across that time i could practice a lot of that movement which made it a completely different thing to if we had of so i kind of came into that three weeks much more ready than if i had of you know been had two weeks off um yeah. and kind of physically you know you know being able to sort of get fit for it um so it was uh again that's that's just sort of at the time it wouldn't have been what you sort of asked for but that time was kind of actually in some in some senses a blessing mm, yeah. albeit for a kind of you know a terrible happening but it was sort of you know we were it's sometimes just that's the way you know the way things work out sometimes lend themselves to the, the production a little part Absolutely. of hopes that you um you were preparing but also watching things like team wolf just to you know get ready for that <laughs> not so much team wolf but my youtube history is just like every documentary there is on wolves I yeah have, i can imagine through a lot of old school national geographic <laughs> well when you when you talk about that sort of thing though i do th I, you, you look back at some films like that and you just think i love that you're putting in the time the effort the work and and the homework because when you think of a film like team wolf you just think I don't think anyone thought about the physical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's funny, isn't it? There are different types of films, but um, no, I, I love, I love that. I think that's it's such a, it's such a great thing that when you go into a job and you get to learn new things or a new physicality or a tick or you know all these kind mm. of little elements you can bring into your character to make it richer. Um, but yeah, uh, George, this is this has been great. Thank you so much for wow. you know coming on and just having a chat and and being open to it and. It's, no, it's really it's really interesting and it's it's always inspiring to hear you talk about these things so thank you oh uh, no thanks very much for having me it's lovely oh, to, i want to ask to be in the mix. Oh, yeah. one more question yeah. um just you know a stupid question but have is it what's the not necessarily even on set but just like i know there's i've got moments where i just think god what is there a moment that you can tell us about that was like the most embarrassing moment on set like just a moment that you think was just you know one of those moments you think oh my god i want to crawl up i'll give you an example i'll tell you what mine was um <laughs> so you don't feel so much pressure right but, okay okay so I, i'll go I back gauge to the embarrassment level here <laughs> yeah, yeah gauge it don't 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 take it too far um okay so i'll go i'll go mid-range tame but i was when i was getting into acting i i went to a um a weekly kind of drama class thing that was you know out of school on the weekends and I remember the first day I went um I was in this big room with a load of people I didn't know and, and we were all sitting cross-legged I was quite young I think I was probably about eight or nine years mm -hmm. old at the time you know first time nervous with all these people and the teachers at the front of the the uh, thing and she's introducing all the new people that have come that weekend and it's like this dead silence and I'm trying to, you know, I want to make a good impression because of my first, my first lesson. And for, for some reason, my mom was there for the first, she was just there watching. Mm. Um, and I was sitting there cross-legged and it was a very, very shiny, very kind of wood, wooden floor that was very kind of very open room with a lot of acoustics. And um, I... There was this bit of silence and I was holding in a fart and I <laughs> I did it and it reverberated off the floor. And I remember it was just 
this this was like the the, the beginning of my acting you know <laughs> life trying to get in and get involved and I was just like, oh and I remember my mum just being like <laughs> just watching me and I nearly that was the, there was a slight applause moment there though because I nearly didn't go back because I was so embarrassed I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm going to persist um, I don't know that 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 was my first kind of embarrassment and there's been many but that was um uh, that was I think I, don't, <laughs> it's a really, I kind of want mine to be a part story now I try, I'm just trying to think of, I think I don't know it's it sounds sort of like kind of more it's there's been there's been many times but I just remember I did a job that was um uh it was a musical a musical film and just as a sort of like just in general like I'm and we kind of all were cast in in this musical and you know, we get sung in the audition, but we're also very nervous about singing. And we got to the read through, and then was introducing everyone. Next to the director was like, "Okay, we got this one. This is Roddy, who'll be playing guitar for the songs." And we're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa sorry, we're, we're we're singing in the read through." And he was like, "Well, yeah, it's a musical." <laughs> oh my god! What? Oh what? god! And oh just and there was a sort of and you know, of course, that's what was required. But we sort of it ended up being a really good sort of lesson because I went for this note. In the, it was in the rehearsals actually, not the read through. We went there, and I really went for this note because like, it was one of those words that you have the belt to reach, <laughs> and, <it> was, <laughs> and just soared past it. Like, just missed it horribly. I mean, it was sort of just like, <laughs> but like full on shouting, you know, like, <laughs> and it was, it was such a sort of it was so so out there like it was such, such a kind of launched into this completely wrong note and like <laughs> and it was just such a hard fall that actually it was kind of the worst happened so to speak and everyone afterwards was kind of like oh well that happened but now it's happened it's never going to be as bad as that it was never never going to be such a big miss as that one um so that was sort of like, I guess the moral is it's kind of this hard, but you know, fart on the floor, but come back next week, <laughs> you know, miss the note, but try and aim it at next time. Like, and know. on that roundup, I think that's a yeah, great way that. to finish. No, thank you, George. Really appreciate it. Um, that's brilliant. I mean, you've got to give it the beans. That's the thing. You've got, you've got to, give, you've it got to give it, or maybe you don't need to give it the beans. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should stop the beans. Maybe, maybe I, the beans I is think your problem. strong and wrong. Strong and wrong is always the best way to go. <laughs> yeah, just throw, you know, just just go for it. <laughs> just go for it. Thank you to our guest George, and thank you Sam for coming on and having a chat. We're a small independent podcast, so we hugely appreciate your support and word of mouth. Thank you for listening to A Life in Film. We hope we carry a positive message to those of you starting out, those of you who are veterans in the industry, and those of you who are simply fascinated by film. It's a life in 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 film. And you better come back next month to A Life in Film. To a life